I want you to I want you to tap and turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 8 chapter 8 Romans chapter 8 Romans chapter 8 Romans chapter 8 I'm going to be reading from the NIV uh, this morning Romans chapter 8 I want you to go down to verse 14 verse 14 Romans chapter 8 verse 14 y'all should already know what the title of today's message is we're still in the chosen one Romans chapter 8 verse 14 it reads this way for those who are led by the spirit of God are the children of God the spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you will live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, and again, joint heirs of God, co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. I love this. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. We're going to pray. Uh, we're going to pray, and then I'm going to continue us in our series the chosen one and of course we're going to talk about the everlasting father heavenly father we thank you for this time together now we thank you for this moment now i just ask that as we go into the preaching portion of our of our program that you would allow your spirit to take hold of me let it be my voice but your words and be my body but your will God let no one leave the same way they came we thank you and praise you in Jesus name and it's in that name that everyone said amen amen the everlasting father listen I am uh, this 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 particular series uh, has has stretched me and and revealed some things to me and and has taught me um and and I'm 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 in love with it I'm in love with it um but ironically enough one of the things that that this series has done is it has reminded and confirmed that you have 
to read and study scripture for yourself. I, I mean, you, you, <laughs> you, you've got to because because and 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 don't get me wrong. This isn't this isn't uh, a bashing session or anything. But the reality is, many of us have been living. Uh, lives by what we have been told by other people and not what has been said by God. Uh, and so oftentimes we hear a familiar passage of scripture and the problem with its familiarity is the fact that it's been consistently taught incorrectly. Um, I mean, you, you, can, you can leave one word out of the text and it changes the whole meaning. And so, and so, I mean, we we go through Christmas time every year. We go through the Advent season every year. And so, uh, you know, the stories that are related to uh, the Christmas season, we've all heard over and over and over again. But as you go in and dig for yourself, you'll find that some of the things, although uh, there were good intentions, they were misquoted. Although uh, there were good intentions, they were improperly taught. And as a consequence, we're living by principles that God never spoke. Uh, and so this particular series has, has reminded me of that, the importance of no matter how familiar you think a passage might be, you've got to go in and, and see some things for yourself. And with that being said, uh, we, we talked about some familiar things over, over the past few weeks. We talked about Jesus being the chosen one, being the wonderful counselor, one who comes to our defense and comes to our aid, even when, uh, whether it be uh, against the enemy or whether it be against other people, we have a wonderful counselor who will come to our aid and defend us even when we are not able to defend ourselves. And we went into the following Sunday, the mighty God, and we talked about just how mighty God really is and the power of God over our lives and, and how we understand that as long as we have, as long as we function in the power of Jesus, as long as we function in the power of the Holy Spirit, that there is nothing that can come against us that will overtake us. And so today uh, we're going to go into taking a look at the chosen one being the everlasting father. And I'm going to tell you, it was really interesting to go into this study because everything you search for in scripture concerning uh, our father refers to the person of God, the father. But the chosen one refers to Jesus. So now we have to make a relation and a correlation between Jesus, our Messiah, and God, our Father, and how the Messiah, the Son of God, is going to be called Everlasting Father. How in the world does that even work? I mean, so sometimes you have to go in a little bit deeper, and you have to dig a little bit deeper, and you can't take things at surface level. Sometimes uh, sometimes the best tre treasure is below sea level. Sometimes you got to you know, dig a little bit deeper. And so the Holy Spirit took me to Romans chapter 8, verses 14 through 18. And I believe that it is, in fact, uh, one of the more accurate uh, illustrations that you can give as it pertains to Christ, our Messiah, still being able to be called the everlasting father. Uh, because we know that he is, in fact, one with God uh, and was God in the flesh, is God in the flesh. But 
There are a few principles in Romans chapter 8, verses 14 through 18, that I think that will help make this whole thing make a little bit more sense. Uh, Y'all know how I roll. If you don't have something to take notes with you behind schedule, please don't come to class without being prepared. Uh, you need a pen, pencil, tablet, something, iPhone, uh, even if, if, if you got to use an Android. I mean, God's still working on you. Uh, do what you need to do. Uh, bless God. But please don't come to class uh, not prepared. The first thing that I believe that we need to recognize today uh, is the fact that we were adopted by God. We have been adopted by God. Now, uh, I say we, but I need you to understand that, unfortunately, this is not all inclusive. Uh, those of us who have been adopted by God know that we've been adopted by God. But uh, I normally say stuff like this at the end. But what better time than now? If you've not been adopted by God, there's no better time than now than to to get your adoption papers signed. If this don't quite apply to you, we can make it right right now. Just just, just, just text SALVATION to 317-520-1892. We'll take care of it in the middle of service. Don't worry about it. Uh, but we have been adopted by God. Y'all, Listen, I'm going to explain this to y'all because y'all really don't understand how important it is to be adopted by God. If y'all really understood how important it was to be adopted by God, you would have jumped through your screen right now if you really understood what it meant to be adopted by God. And I get it. I know that there's often a negative connotation behind adoption because oftentimes when we think of adoption, we think about the fact that someone else had to take responsibility for us because someone else didn't want us. So there's oftentimes a, a negative stigma that comes behind adoption because we look at adoption based on who did not want us and not who chose us. See, see, here, here, here's here's what's important about adoption. We're going to get in the text here in just a second, but I need to lay this out for you. Here's what's important about adoption. When you have a biological child, you don't get to choose the child you end up with. But there is intentionality behind adoption. When you are adopted, that means someone made the conscious decision for you specifically. So although giving birth to a child is, in fact, a blessing, I, I wouldn't I, listen. I, I love my babies. I don't know that there's any greater joy on earth than, than having a child. But I need you to understand that regardless of how much you love your children, regardless of how much you adore them, regardless of how much you spoil them, the truth of the matter is you didn't choose them. You didn't get to decide what they would look like. You didn't get to decide what they would act like. You didn't get to decide what they would like and dislike. You didn't get to, to, to decide any of that. But when a child is adopted, it means that someone has made the conscious decision that regardless of your faults and flaws, regardless of how you look or don't look, regardless of how you sound or don't sound, regardless of how smart or unintelligent you might be, someone made the decision to choose you. That's why it's important for us to understand the significance of being adopted by God. Look at the text because I'm not explaining it well enough. Verse 14 says, for those who are led by the spirit of God are the children of God. 
The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are, in fact, God's children. We are his legitimate children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ if indeed we share in his suffering in order that we may also share in his glory. Okay, listen, listen. Uh, 14. So the, the text says, the text says, being led by the spirit. Text says being led by the spirit. For those who are led by the spirit of God are the children of God. Okay. I need you to understand this. I need you to understand that being led by the spirit of God does not make you a child of God. In fact, it's the reverse or the inverse that being a child of God makes you led by the spirit of God. Okay. I, 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 I need you to understand that being led by the spirit doesn't make you a child of God, but being a child of God makes you led by the spirit. Okay. So, so, the Bible says that this spirit doesn't make us slaves that we might live in fear again. Um, let me explain that real quick. So what you have to understand is we've been talking about the chosen one because we've been talking about the prophet Isaiah prophesied about this chosen one who will be called wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father and the prince of peace. We've been talking about this Old Testament prophet that has been talking about the coming of the chosen one. And this prophecy is revealed in the New Testament. So this particular text is a further explanation of that. That when Paul writes to the Roman church, we are uh, the spirit does not make us slaves that we might live in sin again. Here it is, because what Paul is saying is we are no longer limited by the restrictions of the law. Because the reason why we were living in fear previously was because we understood that in our human nature, there is no way possible that you can keep the law. That's the whole reason why the law was put in place was for God to prove to his people that you cannot keep this law and help them to understand their need for a savior. So Paul says this spirit is not a spirit that causes us to live in fear again. This spirit is not a spirit that causes us to be limited by the restrictions of the law, but we are now in legitimate relationship with God. Okay, it, it, here it is. It is it is the difference between uh, it is the difference between uh, being a contractor and being an employee. A few years back, early in our marriage, early in our marriage, I, I signed up uh, right here down on 16th and Riverside. I signed up to be a laborer at local 120 right here on 16th and Riverside. And every time it, it was construction work and every time I would go to a new job site, I would have to fill out paperwork all over again for the company that I was working for. And the reason why that was necessary is because I was a laborer through local uh, union, local 120. I was not an employee of the construction company. So the construction company would call the union and ask them to send people to come and work. And then 
as you worked your job, however long it might be, one day, three days, three weeks, however long it might be, uh, you functioned like an employee of the company, but you did not get the benefits of being an employee. So, 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 so I was just, a, I was just contracted help. I was just contracted work. When we were under the law, it was like being a contractor because we had to do, we had to do the job of being in a relationship, but we really didn't get the benefits of a relationship because we could not hold up our end of, of, of our responsibilities. So Paul says the spirit that God is giving you is not a spirit to give you fear uh, or to make you slaves to something, but in fact, uh, to, to, to bring you in to sonship. And now because of that, you can cry out, Abba, Father. All that simply means is Abba, Father simply implies a close intimacy. Watch this. Here, here, here's, here's what, why I say you gotta, you gotta study and read the text for yourself because Abba Father is something that we hear often in the religious, uh, uh, the religious space. It's something that we hear often in the church setting. We often hear Abba Father, but here's the thing. As often as we hear Abba Father, let me blow your mind real quick. There's only two people in scripture that ever use the term. Only two. And out of the two people who use the term, it's actually only been used three times in Scripture. So 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 understand this. The two people that use the term Abba Father are Jesus himself and Paul, who's writing about Jesus. Okay, well, Pastor, why are you telling me that? Because I need you to understand that the 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 privilege of being able to say I'm a father. Uh, I told you earlier, this is not unfortunately now. Now, God says it. it I, I wish that everybody would be saved, but that's just not a reality. Everybody does not have the type of relationship that you can say. Abba Father. It, it, it shows a certain level uh, of intimacy. It implies a certain level of intimacy. It is, it is the difference between knowing who God is or the law and, and knowing God. Relationship. Okay, there's a difference. There's a difference between between knowing who God is living under the law. Yeah, I know who God is. And I know if I don't keep this law, then 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 God will strike me down. I know that if I don't keep this law, then God will show his wrath on me. I know who God is. I know his power. But but knowing God is being in relationship and in relationship. I get to see a side of you that people who are not in relationship with you don't get to see in relationship with you. I get to see how you are behind closed doors in relationship with you I get to see how you are when it's nobody but me and you when it's when when I'm in relationship with you there is a level of intimacy by which I can tell you things that I can't tell anybody else when we're in relationship you can tell when something's wrong even though I haven't said anything when we're in relationship uh, it's a little bit different it's the difference between knowing who God is and really knowing God let me give you an example real quick. I was at a funeral uh, yesterday of a childhood friend. 
I was at this funeral and we were at the cemetery uh, and a young lady came up to me uh, at the cemetery and she say, she says, uh, uh, you was one of the preachers up there uh, at the church, right? I said, yes, ma'am, I am. She said, uh, you Lakia's husband, aren't you? I said, yes, ma'am, I am. She said, yes, I know you. I said, no, ma'am, I don't think you do. She said, no, no, I know you because because you Lakia's husband and I grew up with Lakia. We, she was she was on Eugene and I was right on 29th Street and we grew up like family. Yeah, I know you. I said, I said, no, it's nice to meet you. Because, because see, you know who I am, but but you don't. <laughs> you, you, you don't really know me. How, how, get this how do you how how does she even know who i am uh, she knows that i'm lakia's husband why uh, because i saw you on social media yeah yeah but sweetie you you don't know me you you know an image of me you know you you might know what i look like you might be able to identify me but you you don't you you don't know me and, and so that's the problem with many people. Many people have confused being able to identify God with knowing God. Because let me tell you something. The pictures that you see on Facebook have been approved by me. So, so you only see the image of me that I want you to see. But if you really know me, you, you know what I look like off of Facebook. You know, you know what I look like when I'm walking around the house in basketball shorts and a tank top. You, you, when you, when you really know me, you, uh, you, you gotta understand that there, that there is a difference and there are too many people. There are too many people. Let me free somebody right now. There, there are too many of you who are calling people, your friends, and they don't even know you. Yeah, I, I, I know y'all come from the same bloodline, but but you really don't. Okay, all right, all right. So so God says, God says, I, I I don't want you to just know who I am. I need you to really, I need you to really know me. I need you to really know me. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to adopt you and I'm going to bring you into my family. Uh, I, I don't want you to just be able to identify me. I need you to be able to relate to me. I, I, I need you to really know who I am. So it's a blessing in knowing that we have been adopted by God. I've been on point number one too long. If you ain't got it, I don't know how else to give it to you. Let's go to point number two. Number one, we've been adopted by God. Number two, we've been accepted by grace. We've been accepted by grace. Look at verse 16. Look at verse 16. Verse 16 says real short. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we our that we are, in fact, God's children. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are, in fact, God's children. I'm so glad I got an everlasting father. Here we go. Uh, I, I, I've been accepted. I've been accepted by grace. Here it is. You, you got to understand the reason why you need to be excited about your adoption is because your adoption is actually your salvation. Because at the point of salvation, you've then been grafted into the family of God. So your adoption is actually your salvation. Okay. Uh, 
and 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 here here's here's another reason why why you really should have been excited and there's another reason why you, you got to study the word for yourself because if you understand that your adoption is your salvation the reason that ought to excite you is because your adoption protects you from the penalty of your past okay all right here it is here it is that we, we right now we're in the book of romans we in the book of romans uh, this is Paul's letter to the church in Rome. Okay, that's why it's called the book of Romans. He's writing to Roman people. This is Paul's letter to Christians that are living in Rome, Christians in the church in Rome. Okay, so here's what you got to understand. Although they are Christian, they are still Roman. So although they live by Christian principle, they still live by Roman culture. You got you to gotta study for yourself. You got to study. You, you got to be able to take the cultural context of the text. They, they're, they're living by Christian principle, but they are also living in a Roman society. Okay. Uh, so, so the reason why that's important is because if you study adoption in ancient Roman society, what you'll find is that adoption in ancient Roman society uh, means that the child who has been adopted uh, is now a part of a new lineage. Okay, all right. So, so, but, 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 understand this. Understand this. Uh, there's nothing. There's nothing that that the child can do to solicit adoption, and there's nothing that the child can do to deter adoption. Adoption takes place, here's your shout, adoption takes place when the child has been chosen by the father. <sighs> All right, so, so our, our, our adoption is our salvation. Our adoption is our protection from the penalty of our past because, because regardless of what I do, there, I, I can't do enough to get chosen and I can't do enough to not get chosen. All it requires is a decision by the father. Okay. All right. So, so if there's nothing, if there's nothing I can do to get it and there's nothing I can do to deter it, how do I end up adopted? I'm glad you asked. You are adopted by grace through faith. <laughs> Oh, y'all don't like that version. Y'all like y'all like you are saved by grace through faith. I, I, I'm, I'm, but but my my salvation comes through my adoption. I'm adopted by grace. I've been accepted into this family by grace. How do I know it's by grace? Because the Bible says it's not by works. That way nobody can boast or brag. There's nothing you can do to get it. There's nothing you can do to earn it and you can't be too bad to deter it. So it can only be given by the grace of the father. I wish I was getting this. It's, it's not because of what you've done. It's absolutely because of who God is. Your, your adoption, your acceptance 
acceptance into the family of God has nothing to do with what you've done or didn't do, but has everything to do with how good God is. What you should be doing instead of being worried about your past, instead of be worrying about how messed up you are, instead of worrying about how broken you are and trying to convince yourself and other people that I'm going to start going to church when I get myself together. Well, if you could get yourself together, you would have had yourself together. There's nothing you can do. The only thing you can do is accept the grace that's been given to you by the father. Okay, here it is. Here it is. The Bible says the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. What's that got to do with being accepted by grace? Because here it is. I told you, I told you that Paul is writing a letter to the Roman church. So these are Christians in Rome. They're living by Christian principles in a Roman culture, but they're receiving a letter from a Jew. Paul says, I'm, a, I'm, I'm the Jew of all Jews. I Listen, ain't, ain't nobody more Jew than me. So they're, they're a Roman society, they're, a, they're Roman Christians living, living in, 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 in Roman culture and they're receiving instruction by a Jew. This is why this is important. Verse 16 says, the spirit himself testifies or bears witness with our spirit that we are in fact God's children. Paul is a Jew, so Paul functions under Jewish uh, culture and Jewish habits. And what you have to understand is under Jewish law, in order for something to come into play, in order for anything to be solidified, it was required that an individual have two to three witnesses to make something a thing. In, in ancient Jewish customs, read Deuteronomy 17.6. In ancient Jewish customs, in order for something to become a thing, you needed two to three witnesses. And as long as two to three witnesses could agree, then it could be. All right. Verse 16 in Romans chapter 8 says that the spirit himself testifies or bears witness with our spirit that we are God's children. So what that means is if the spirit testifies or if the spirit bears witness, then I've got enough to make it a thing. How do I have enough to make it a thing? I, I said it. I said that I'm a child of God. How, how, how can you be the one to say that you're a child of God? Because my Bible says that if I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart, so I, I, I said it, I declared it, I declared it because I confessed it with my mouth and then the Bible says that when you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that the spirit himself will bear witness or testify with your spirit on your you got what you said, and then the spirit is co-signing what you said. So now I got two people saying what I said. And according to Jewish custom, if I got two people to say something, then it can become a thing. And now I got, I said it, the spirit co-signed it, and here's your shout, the blood sealed it. <sighs> what, we, we, we still we still in Roman culture and what you got to understand about Roman culture is whenever the king made a decree he would take uh, the letter and he would take the decree and he would seal the decree so he would take a stamp he would take an emblem and he would dip it in ink and he would stamp the decree with his ink here's what you got to understand about the ink uh, many times the official uh, the, the official declaration of a king uh, was sealed in red ink 
Woo! Okay. So now I said it and the spirit co-signed it. The blood sealed it because God put his stamp on it with the blood. Of, mm, I, 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 I thought y'all remember that we was talking about a savior who was going to be our everlasting father. I got enough witnesses to make something a thing and now it's been sealed because of the blood there's somebody that ought to be excited that regardless of what I go through regardless of what I've been through regardless of what I might see in the future it's all right because my life has been sealed by the blood somebody ought to be excited I know in the old school church they talk about the blood new school church we, we don't like the sight of blood but I'm so glad that I've been sealed by the blood because once the blood has sealed it, nobody can take it away from me. Okay, here we go. Here we go. We, we've been adopted by God. We've been adopted by God. We've been accepted by grace. Uh, and the last thing is, uh, uh, we've been adopted. We've been accepted. And that's all well and good. But it gets even gooder. Because, because although... We've already been adopted. And although we've already been accepted, God still found a way to accommodate. So we've been adopted by God. We've been accepted by grace. And we've been accommodated with glory. Okay. Uh, look at verses 17 and 18. It says, now, if in fact we are children of God, then we are heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his suffering in order that we may also share in his glory, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. Okay. All right. All right. That see some stuff, some stuff when you, when you really read scripture and study scripture for yourself, some stuff don't even really need no preaching. There's, there's some stuff that I should be able to just read to you and you, and you lose your mind, but it's all right. You had a late night last night. Don't, don't worry about it. I'll explain it to you. Uh, the Bible says, the Bible says that we are children of God. If we are children of God, then we've become heirs and co-heirs with Christ. All right. All right. So what that means is when I become an heir, that means that I become entitled to some benefits. <sighs> uh, but, but because because I'm an heir, that makes me that makes me entitled to some benefits. Now, now that I'm an heir, it makes me entitled to some benefits. But here's what you got to understand. You got to understand that the way an heir. See, we don't use terms like heir no more. We don't use those type of terms. We use terms like beneficiary. Y'all know, y'all know, y'all know beneficiary. Y'all know, y'all know Benny. Okay. All right. Y'all know Benny. All right. So, so, so he says, he says, we are heirs. Uh, we are heirs, but we're also co-heirs with Christ. Pastor, what's the difference? Because we got to understand that, 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 that Jesus is the only begotten of the father. All the rest of us have been adopted. So, so Jesus, Jesus really is the only true heir of the glory of God. But God says, I've made you co-heirs or I've made you joint heirs. So now whatever is available to Jesus. <sighs> okay, so, so, so now not only do I qualify for some benefits, but because I'm a co-heir or a joint heir, I qualify for all benefits. Okay, here you go. 
Here you go. Uh, I hope you got life insurance. I hope you got life insurance. If you don't, you need to get it. If you do, you know where I'm going with this. If you do, you understand that when you when you declare a beneficiary on a life insurance policy, you got two options. You got two options. We got we got two kids. So on our life insurance policy, I got two options. I, I can either I can either leave everything to my firstborn and allow my firstborn to take care of my secondborn, or I can make them equal beneficiaries and they both get the same thing. <sighs> so 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 because because we were heirs that was amazing uh, god making us an heir is amazing because that means whatever is available to jesus jesus then can, can then take care of us with what was available to him but god said i must take you a step further and i'm gonna make you a joint heir so not only will jesus take care of you as the firstborn but you also have access to what to what he has access to okay all right all right so he says we are heirs and joint heirs with christ okay all right here it is uh here it is this this is why this is why uh blessed assurance is better than life insurance here, here here's why here's why it's better here's why it's better it's because because blessed assurance is unconditional how do I know it's unconditional? Because I serve an everlasting father. I, I serve an everlasting father and an all everlasting eternal father can't, can't be conditional. So here it is. Here it is. Uh, I'm an heir and a joint heir with Christ. Uh, so I'm eligible for all the benefits. And here it is. I'm eligible for the benefits regardless of my past. All right. All right. We, uh, we've been accommodated by glory. Here it is. Um, uh, Roman culture, Roman culture. Uh, this is how adoption works. This is how adoption works. A child is chosen by the father. And the child takes on the name of the father. So, so the child is chosen by the father and then takes on the name of the father. But then according to Roman custom, not only is the child chosen, not only does the child take on the name, but according to Roman custom, his past is wiped away. According to Roman custom, whatever happened prior to the adoption no longer exists. Oh, I wish I was getting this. Uh, uh, so, so now I've been accommodated by glory because I, I, I'm an heir. So now I've got some benefits, but then God made me a co-heir. So now I've got access to all the benefits. I've been adopted. And the way the adoption works is that whatever happened prior to my adoption no longer exists. Somebody said that that pastor, that can't be true because we all got to be held accountable for our actions. You absolutely right. However, my Bible says that all those who are in Christ are a new creation. All things have what passed away 
and all things have become new. So whatever happened prior to my adoption don't even matter no more because now I'm in fact a completely new creation in Christ Jesus because I've been chosen by the Father and because I've been chosen by the Father, my name has been changed. So whatever happened prior to my adoption really didn't happen at all. Why? Because it's been covered and sealed by All right, so so Jesus, Jesus is the heir, uh, and we are we are in fact co-heirs, uh, and because we are co-heirs, we now have equal benefits. We now have equal access to the benefits of being in the family of God. I said all of this just to get to this point. We serve an everlasting Father. We have an everlasting Father. Here it is. This is what you got to understand because it was good for God to make us an heir. It was good for God to make us an heir because that had us qualify for some benefits, but it was even gooder for God to make us a joint heir because now we got access to all the benefits. But the question is, how do I access the benefits? How, 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 how do I access the benefits? How, how, how do I access the benefits? Verse Verse 18 says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. Okay, all right, here it is. Uh, here it is. Uh, uh, in order to access the benefits, in order to have a release of benefits uh, according to the principles of life insurance, uh, there's two ways. Y'all didn't know this. There's two ways uh, that you can access your life insurance policy. There's there's two ways that your heirs can access uh, your life insurance policy. I'm going to give you the one you're familiar with most. The one you're familiar with most uh, is, is, is by death. Okay, the owner of the policy dies. Uh, and then the benefits are released to the beneficiaries or to the heirs. The owner of the policy dies, that the insured dies. Uh, and, and, and then the benefits are released uh, to the beneficiary or to the to the heirs, okay, one for the Father, two for the Son. Let me try one more time for the Holy Ghost. Uh, in order for the benefits to be released, uh, there has to be a death. In order for the benefits to be released, okay, I, I, I'm, I'm confused on if I'm in the right church because, because I know we virtual and all like that, but I thought that I was at abundant faith and, and, and I thought that abundant faith was filled with, with, with some blood bought believers, which means that somebody had to die. And the reason why I got these benefits over my life is because somebody died for me. There was a death that released my benefits, but 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 the good thing about my benefits are uh, generally as it pertains to life insurance, when the death occurs, you're not able to, to enjoy the benefits of the death with the person that left it for you because they had to die. But somebody ought to be excited because I serve an everlasting father. So a death occurred so that I could access the benefits. But then a resurrection occurred so that I can enjoy it with the person that left me the benefits. Somebody ought to be excited because the release of my benefits happened because somebody thought enough of me to die for me. I, okay, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, here we go. Y'all know about the death. Y'all know about the death. Uh, but but if you read the fine print of your policy, 
if you redefine print of your policy, uh, uh, ho- ho- thank you, Holy Ghost. Uh, now, now, uh, this only applies if you got whole life. <laughs> this only applies if you got ho- whole life because uh, th- th- this don't apply to a term life policy because term life only lasts for a little bit. But I'm talking about the benefits that come from everlasting. Okay, so 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 this this only applies uh, if you got whole life. Uh, but if you read the fine print of your whole life policy, what you might find is that regardless of how sick you are when you got the policy, if you live long enough, you can access the policy before you die. Y'all know this because y'all don't y'all, y'all, y'all don't read. Y'all don't read. The Bible says it's because of lack of knowledge. It's because of lack of knowledge that my people perish. Y'all better start reading the, the, the fine print of your whole life policy. Chances are it says that if you live long enough, if you live long enough, you can access your policy before you die. Uh, here's the reason why that clause is in your policy. Because generally, in order for that clause to go into effect, you've got to live to 99, 100, 101 years old. And the life insurance company says, listen, if you live that long, we'll just give you the money. So, 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 so regardless, regardless of what happens after the policy has been approved, if you live long enough in it, you can access it before you die. Okay. All right. All right. So, 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 so even, even if you get sick, uh, if you keep it long enough, you can access it before you die. All right. All right. Uh, Here's another benefit of whole life. Somebody, somebody ought to be paying me for this. Here's another benefit of whole life. Another benefit of whole life is uh, most whole life policies uh, have premium protection, which means uh, uh, you got to pay a premium for your policy every month. And if you fall on hard times, most whole life policies have premium protection that says if you can't pay what you owe, we'll borrow from the benefits that you've been given so that you can still have access to what's so so if you live long enough even with some problems and even if you can't pay the debt that you owe there's still a way for you to access the okay all right let's go back to verse 18 because y'all still don't get it get it verse 18 Paul says, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time aren't even worth comparing to the benefits that I'm going to receive from, okay, all right. Uh, I know I couldn't pay the debt, and I know I struggled for a while, but the Bible says that after you suffered for a little while, you shall reap a harvest as long as you just keep living. So if I want the benefits released, regardless of the hand that 2020 has dealt me, as long as I keep living, I've got access to the benefits. Regardless of if Corona hit my body, it didn't take me, so I got access to the benefits. Regardless of if I lost my job, I'm still here. So I got access to the benefits. Here it is, even if it did take me, I still got access to the benefits. All 
I know is the suffering that I see right now aren't even worth comparing to the benefits that I'm going to get from my everlasting father. Because the benefits that I get from an everlasting father gotta be everlasting benefits. And if an everlasting father is giving me everlasting benefits, then I'm gonna spend the rest of my life giving him everlasting praise. I'm gonna spend the rest of my life giving him everlasting glory. Y'all confused because you said pastor for the rest of your life, but your life is temporary. Well, I don't know about your Bible, but my Bible says that when I leave from here, I will live again. So I'm going to praise him while I'm here, and I'm going to praise him some more when I live again. Because when I get to where I'm going, I'm going to be everlasting. And I'll be daggone if God been good to me like this while I'm here, and I'm not giving him the praise he deserves in the everlasting. Somebody ought to give God praise because he is an everlasting father. That's, 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 that's all I got. I don't got nothing else to give you. I, I hope you got it. I don't got nothing else to give you. All I can tell you is this. All I can tell you is this. Is that God is still signing adoption papers. That, that, that means that means it ain't too late. That means regardless, regardless of whatever you you, you, you was drunken high last night. It don't even matter. It don't even matter because God is still signing adoption papers. You, you, you was laid up with somebody ain't put no ring on your finger. Just just like matter of fact, some of y'all downstairs watching TV while the Negro's still upstairs sleep. But God says I'm still signing adoption papers. Yeah, he said I'm still it's not too late for you to get your adoption paper sign as long as you still got breath in your body you can join the family of the everlasting father so let me pray with you pray for you heavenly father we thank you uh, we thank you because not because of what you've done god but we thank you because of who you are we thank you because you are our everlasting father we thank you because you continue to make ways for us. We thank you because you never gave up on us, God. We thank you because you allowed us to see another day. And because we can see another day, we know we still got time. We, we don't know how much time, but God, we know that the fact that we're here means you still have purpose for me. So God, I pray right now for anybody under the sound of my voice, God, anybody that can hear me. If they're already a part of the family, God, my prayer is that you would remind them that their slate has been wiped clean. The pardon has been made. God, I'm praying right now that your spirit would minister to them and would not allow the enemy to hold their past over their heads, but but to remind them that whom the sun sets free is free indeed. God, I'm praying right now. I'm praying for anybody right now, God, that, that doesn't know you as their father. I mean, they, they know who you are. They, 
they can identify you, but God, they don't really know you. I'm praying right now for anybody that doesn't really know you. I'm praying that your spirit will convict them and they say, you know what? I don't have anything to lose by joining this family, but I've got everything to gain. I give them the courage and the obedience to make the best decision they'll ever make in their lives. Now, God, I'm praying for anyone that's already a part of your family, but that's also being led to be a part of this family. God, them in this direction. We bless you. We honor you. We praise you. We give you glory in Jesus' name. And it's in that name we say amen. Amen. Listen, if, if I pray for you, if I pray for you and you said, I mean, I, I know who God is, but I wouldn't go as far as to say, that's my father. I wouldn't go as far as to say, daddy. I, I wouldn't go that far. If that's you, I need you to do one thing. I need you to text salvation to the number on your screen, 317-520-1892. Just, just text salvation to that number, whatever. If you, we, 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 wanna, we, wanna, we want you to be an heir and a joint heir. We want you to get everything that God has for you. We want you to get everything that God has for you. Just text, just one word, salvation, 317-520-1892. you text salvation already cool if you if you if you didn't necessarily need to text salvation because uh, you said I'm already a part of God's family but I want to be a part of the abundant faith family if that's you if you can hear me don't 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 trip on it don't think I'm, don't think on it too long there's a reason why God sent you here this morning there's a reason why God sent you to hear this word this morning I just need you to do one thing just text the word family to the number on your screen 317-520-1892 or you can go to afccindy.com some of y'all watching live on the website y'all watching on afccindy.com uh, just, just just hit connect and we'll get you a part of this family all right now now, now, now there might be some of you there might be some of you who say I, i'm a part of god's family and maybe you're a part of the abundant faith family but maybe maybe you're one of those estranged family members maybe you just you you, you, you just been out of it for a while but, the, the pandemic has has done a number on you uh, and you just been out of it for a while and you just want somebody to pray with you and pray for you uh, and you just want you just you just need some encouragement uh, just send your prayer request of number on your screen 317-520-1892 just send your prayer request just send your prayer request you can remain anonymous if you want to it's all right it's up to you I want you to know that the prayer ministry is here with you they're waiting for you they're ready for you all right Listen, don't, 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 don't miss the moment. Don't miss the moment because you, you only know that you have time right now. You, you don't know that you'll have time later. You don't know that you'll be here next Sunday. You, you don't know. You only know that you have time right now. So don't wait. Because although tomorrow is promised, it's not promised to you. 
tomorrow's coming, but we don't know if you're going to be here. So don't wait. The old church used to say, while the blood is running warm in your veins, make your, make your decision now. I just want you to know, I just want you to know, I just want you to know that we're here for you. We're praying for you. We're praying with you. Now, we're going to get ready to get out of here, y'all. We're going to get ready to get out of here, y'all. I want you to know that if you did not uh, have an opportunity to give, maybe you tuned in a little late, maybe you missed it, we'll put the information uh, on the screen for you. You got three options. You can send it in. Uh, you can go Cash App, or you can go directly to AFCCND.com. Uh, we'll put it up for you. Uh, if, if you've been blessed by this ministry and, 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 you, and you say, I'm, I want to make sure that I'm sowing into good ground. I want to make sure that I'm sowing into a ministry that's doing kingdom work. I want you to know that abundant faith is that place. Amen. All right. Uh, just a reminder, just a reminder. Uh, we will have a Bible study this Wednesday, uh, but we will not have Bible study the following Wednesday uh, because we'll be having watch night service on Thursday night. We'll be having watch night service at 10 a.m. Uh, 10 p.m. I'm sorry. We'll be having watch night service at 10 p.m. Uh, and so um, we'll be putting some graphics out about that. Uh, we, we want you to flood your social media with it uh, and invite as many people uh, as you can as we go through uh, our virtual watch night service. Listen, I'm telling y'all, I'm telling y'all, uh, after the year we've had in 2020, if it's one place you need to be going into 2021, it's in the presence of God. Notice I did not say in the house of God. I said in the presence of God. I, I, I want to let you know this. I want to let you know this. I've been holding on to this. The leadership knows it, but I've been holding on to this. Uh, God gave me this a couple of months ago. God says, uh, God told me, as for abundant faith is concerned, 2021 will be the year of recovery. 2021 will be the year of recovery. You, you might have lost some stuff in 2020 but 2021 will be the year of recovery you you might have went through you might have you might have developed uh, uh some aches and some pains and had to go through some processes and procedures uh, but after every surgery you go to the recovery room so so god says that for abundant faith if you connect it with abundant faith that 2021 is your year of recovery and so you don't want to miss what god is going to do leading into uh 2021 amen all right all right, uh, I think that's it. I think that's it. Let's get ready to go, y'all. Let's pray. Uh, I hope that you were blessed by the word today. Uh, I, I hope that you were blessed so much that you decided to share it. I hope you were blessed so much that you decided to start a, wa a watch party. Uh, I hope I hope that it was just that good to you. I hope that you were blessed so much that you go back and watch it again. Listen to it on Spotify. I hope that, that you were blessed that much. But let's pray. Let's get ready to get out of here. Heavenly Father, we thank you uh, once again for who you are, God. We thank you because you've been so good to us. God, we thank you because your mercies are new every morning. We thank you because although we were messed up, jacked up, and tore up, you said that we were worth adopting. God, we thank you for making us heirs and joint heirs in your kingdom. Now, God, we ask that you would continue to be with us, continue to guide us, continue to give us your spirit that we might be obedient to you. Keep us until we meet again. God, we bless you. We praise you in Jesus' name. 
And it's in that name we say amen.